One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is a Lip Media podcast. Beyonce sits late, Shantae, you stay, you say that's fishy, well I say he's dishy, we say that's fierce, so sing all my queers, don't go nowhere, just prick up your ears, the word of the gay. Welcome to Word of the Gay, where we aim to dissect common words in the queer lexicon with regard to their history, contemporary usage in the LGBT plus community, and in pop culture at large. I'm your host, Lenny, and this is Brendy. Hello! Hi! Now, you can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow the show at Word of the Gay Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and join the Word of the Gay Facebook group. And this week, we are putting the I in LGBTI with intersex we're getting clinical let's get clinical (laughs) clinical i want to get clinical let's get into clinical i had a feeling you were gonna do that yeah (laughs) i made the connection as well am i that delta goodrum predictable Intersex is an umbrella term used to describe people who are born with variation sex characteristics, including genitals, internal reproductive anatomy, gonads, and chromosome patterns that don't fit the typical binary notions of male or female bodies. Yeah, so it can actually appear for an intersex female that she may have an oversized clitoris, or for a male, it may be a small penis. Yeah, and some traits are visible at birth, while others don't show until much later, like in puberty or later when people try to conceive, because some intersex people are fertile, but others are not. Yeah, and sometimes it's internal, not external. Totally, there's no one way to be intersex. The term covers around uh, 30 variations of characteristics. 30? 30. When it comes to sex and gender, women have two X chromosomes and men have XY, and that's all there is to it, right? So it actually dates back to the first century BCE, where the Greek historian Diodorus Siculus wrote of Hermaphroditus, which was a Greek god. Yep, he was the god of male and female sexuality and effeminacy, one of the Greek winged love gods. Sounds cute. Yeah, and there's like a a couple of stories as well about how he came about. So one is that, because they do refer to him as he, so he was born with a physical body, which is a combination of that of a man and that of a woman. Mm -hmm. A body that's beautiful and delicate like a woman, but has masculine quality and rigour of a man. But then the other story is that he's very beautiful and narcissistic kind of teenager. He's gazing into 
into the water and he gets cursed by a water nymph. He's not the one that drowns from his own reflection, is he? No, he's not no. Narcissus, but it's oh, like no. a similar story, yeah. <laughs> That's my friend and Nicholas he, in Sydney. And then <laughs> and then he gets yeah, he gets cursed with having the soft features of a woman. So one is a cautionary tale. The first one speaks about how he's like beautiful and combining these two qualities and maybe they're supposed to symbolize like the union of a man and a woman. But other sources wrote about how a creature of two sexes is a monstrosity and they came into the world to give warnings about the future and sometimes they were good and sometimes they were bad so obviously that's the word hermaphrodite yeah and hermaphrodite is now a term that unfortunately carries a lot of stigma young gods were often precocious but no one so much as hermes who five minutes after his birth sneaked out of his crib and went searching for adventure. So centuries later in European societies, Lenny, those societies actually referred to a person's sex as male, female or hermaphrodite with legal rights as male or female depending on the characteristics that appeared most dominant. Yeah, so like what you looked like more. Yeah. They would kind of allow you to be... towards one or the other. Only three centuries ago uh, in 17th century England, I think. Have I missed a century? It's like... (laughs) Probably four centuries ago. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Who needs math? They actually described how a hermaphrodite could inherit either as male or female according to that kind of sex which doth prevail. <laughs> also, mothers in East Africa used to be accused of witchcraft. Yes, I read this. At, yeah, at the birth of an intersex child. And it was kind of seen as a curse. Upon the family. Upon the family as well. So the family was kind of ostracized as well. Um, And sadly, abandonment and infanticides were quite common and probably still are common in certain parts of um, Asia and Africa. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. There was just so much, I guess, shaming that came with it that individuals experienced because it wasn't seen as the normal. The norm. Yep. And the term intersexuality was actually coined by Richard Goldschmidt in 1917. I don't know what my gender is. Who am I? The first suggestion to replace the term hermaphrodite with intersex was made in the 1940s. And it was not only due to concerns about language, but also due to a shift in understandings based on the genetics. It took them a while. Yeah, it it certainly did. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Good few fucking centuries. Do you remember hermaphrodite being quite a common insult or something you heard when you were in primary school? Oh, my God. The term was still used, actually, when we were at school in health class. Yeah, Yeah. I remember, and I can't remember the name of the documentary, but in Year 11 Health, we watched a program about a Canadian born intersex, and because there was a smaller penis as such, the parents had to make a decision, and the doctors very much surgically removed moved it and they raised him as a her yep this is like 1961 mm-hmm. and it wasn't until she got to her teen years that she started to realize that she was actually a male i read about this one i probably won't go into detail about it on the podcast because it's like a very long it, oh, story it's, it's, but it's really it's, interesting to look up in the context of this it's yeah, an episode, episode of its own yeah that was pretty much the first time that i'd come across it my girlfriend has told me so many times that this young boy used to come up to her all the time and ask her if she was a hermaphrodite and also if she was a girl or a boy basically just because she likes sports she has quite dark hair like yeah. a little mustache and so like she got asked it all the time but like she has like the thickest skin ever like it didn't really bother her mm. and also I remember this rumour about Jamie Lee Curtis being a hermaphrodite I remember that one too <laughs> and I don't know where it came from or who cares is she but, or isn't yeah. she though is she or isn't she <laughs> still to be confirmed 
<laughs> no, I think there was just a huge, huge rumor that went through Hollywood. Sadly, it's probably just based on her having like a slightly muscular body and having short hair. Have you seen her in True Lies when <laughs> she's dancing up muscular. against? She's, yeah, when she's dancing muscular. up against yeah. that pole. Yeah. Even I was turned on. <laughs> She, like, pours the vase into her hair and, like, flicks it. Oh, my God, it's such a hot scene. Anyway, whether or not, whatever she is, who cares? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Dance sexy. Let your hands be all over hands on your own skin as you move. So, speaking of hermaphrodites, I think it's important to clarify the difference between intersex, hermaphrodites, and trans people. Mm -hmm. Hermaphroditism is when an organism has both male and female reproductive organs, not just parts, which means that they can produce both an egg and sperm for reproduction, which basically I don't think any human can do. It's more of a, like, organism and animal. They can't get themselves pregnant. Yeah. So it's not only kind of offensive, but also misleading. Absolutely. And then to contrast intersex with transgender, obviously transgender is where one's gender or sex as we probably say more in Australia doesn't align with their assigned sex at birth it is possible to be both intersex and transgender yes it is and that's where I think sometimes the confusion can come Yep, totally. For people that aren't educated on it. So I was doing some reading and it's actually difficult to calculate, but it pretty much is estimated around about 1.7% of the population are intersex, which means that it's actually as common as having red hair. Yeah, that was really interesting to learn. And I think in the past, or some sources kind of have a lower estimate, but it's because they are choosing to measure post-surgery. So they're not measuring like intersex from birth, they're measuring those who can still consider themselves intersex and haven't had any sort of procedure or hormones taken. It's the first question when a baby's born. Is it a boy or a girl? Sometimes the answer isn't that simple. They told me... The number of babies born atypical in terms of genitalia is around about 1 in 1,500 to 1 in 2,000 births. But, I mean, it's hard to rely on that estimate because a lot of the physical features as such don't become apparent until later on in life during, you know, puberty and teenage years, etc. And then to break it down even further, in Australia, 19% of self-identifying intersex people identify as non-binary, 52% are women, 23% are men, and 6% are unsure. And if we go even further into that, 60% of those respondents use the term intersex to self-describe. Hi, I'm Emily, and I found out I was intersex when I was 10 years old. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I found out I was intersex when I was 17. The majority of intersex people that are born with traits showing will get surgery, like, straight away. Yeah, and I mean, it's not their choice. Their parents have made that decision. Their parents who are probably, like, not educated on it, probably a bit scared. But also, I guess, even just the pressures from, I guess, modern medicine to make a decision then and there, which way do you want to go? It's fascinating, though, because, I mean, as time goes on, hopefully one day the way you're born is just the way that you're born. Very much like Lady Gaga was born (laughs) It speaks to that age-old impulse of very much having to correct things. Things have to be either male or female, as opposed to just letting them be as they are. Yeah, totally. Fixing or normalising really just ends up erasing their kind of existence of intersex people and kind of mutilating their bodies as well against their will. Anytime I hear the word fix, I think of the Coldplay song (laughs) Fix You, and I'm like, no, no, it's such a tragically sad song, as opposed to Lady Gaga's Born This Way. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with loving who you are, she said, because he made you perfect, babe. 
the interesting thing about the surgery is there's almost no negatives to not intervene and leave kind of the child the way they are, especially until at least they're old enough to maybe, I don't know, want to modify their body if that is necessary. Again, because of kind of societal pressure, probably. But the most interesting thing I read about this was that in the 70s, it was easier to dig a hole than build a pole. This was like the mantra of these surgeons. So basically, a lot of intersex children would just end up being assigned female because it was easier. It was easier. Which is just so weird. It is weird, but it's very matter of fact. Back then, it was actually seen as a social emergency where surgeons were just like, it's too taboo. We've got to choose one or the other. Yep. Um, and you can imagine the pressure. Yeah, yeah, the pressure. And then they had this secrecy-based the model fear. that was adapted. Yeah, That's like, so odd. Instead of just being honest about it, yeah. it was this secrecy, pull up the rug, push it under there, and let's not talk Don't about it. Don't tell the... Yeah, and most, like, children didn't get told. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Had no idea. Had no idea. Almost in adulthood. Complete taboo. Complete taboo. And I mean, even like just attaining a birth certificate without that surgery being performed Mm. was incredibly hard. I was having a look at a few different things and it's fascinating that there are several countries specifically where intersex people are protected against discrimination. And three of those countries are actually South Africa, Australia, and specifically Malta, which actually in 2015 became the first country to outlaw non-consensual medical interventions to modify sex anatomy. That's amazing. And the clitorectomy was completely medically unnecessary. It's something that still happens today to children. And it was an assault of my human rights and my bodily integrity. And that was In 2011, was old, Christiane Volling, who's from um, Germany, actually became the first intersex person known to have successfully sued for damages in a case brought um, for non-consensual surgical intervention. Yeah, I can imagine that a lot of people would be wanting to do that. There was some really horrible... 2011, though. I know. That's seven years ago. quite late. Surgery isn't even all of it. There's so many other horrible things, if you want to do some further reading, on kind of treatments and practices other than surgery that kind of were inflicted upon and possibly still are on intersex people. Surgery is just that whole quick fix does my head in at times. A treatment that I read about that I found kind of odd, it was like a person talking from experience. Actually, her and her sister were both intersex and Mm. talking about kind of being intersex teen. And they were sent this thing in the mail. This was back in the 80s. And they were kind of, I suppose, like a dildo, what we would know as a dildo of sorts, starting at kind of different sizes. And the idea of it was to stretch the vaginal canal 
just oh, like dilating. Well, can't yeah, but like for no other reason, just so it's normal and deep. Oh, and they both said it's actually quite painful. So you kind of wear it at night, and it's like yeah, it's oh, really God, horrible. It's like a, like it's a head like, brace, but yeah, um, and plate. and actually these same women, interestingly, spoke about so they both had gonads removed at birth. Right. Some other stuff as well, obviously, but that was this, the surgery that they had. So they're actually giving estrogen most of their lives, but they worked out later that that was causing them to kind of have... Adverse reactions. Yeah, adverse effects. reactions and mental health problems because they actually needed the testosterone because that's what their body was actually supposed to be producing. producing. So they needed a different sort of balance because they took out this, you know, in quotation marks, male part. Mm-hmm. And what medically yeah, they thought was... which, And then they're like, oh, we'll just pump them full of estrogen and they'll just become a real woman, which is interesting because it's the complete opposite to what they do in trans cases with hormones, which is the desired sex. It's that age-old thing where you sort of look at it and it's like, even though it's modern medicine, and it's not always right. No, where people yeah. continually sort of push for like, you know, oh, but yeah. you go, you know, what does modern medicine say? Well, actually, it's still getting things wrong. There's many other challenges faced by intersex people, not just kind of the physical implications of surgeries and such. Gender dysphoria is quite common. Trauma of the surgeries, mental health issues, depression, suicide. And in some parts of the world, infanticide, which is killing a baby. Uh, Um, I was just about to ask you what that was. Yes. And also the stigmatization of families, which may probably sadly lead them to make those sort of decisions. Like they're going to be outcast, thrown out of the community or whatever. And it's kind of just like a survival thing. But it also leads to even, you know, professional sports where individual athletes, professional athletes were actually, one, humiliated. And two, excluded from certain competitions because it had been found out that they were intersex. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, That's not a choice. Yeah, and some some of them were actually forced to do tests. Fortunately, in Australia, we actually passed a sex discrimination amendment bill in 2013 for intersex people to be recognised fully in discrimination legislation. So hopefully less of those sort of things start happening here and around the world. But it is still the case, though, that most support for people with intersex variation and their families is volunteer-led and unfunded. Yeah, and it's sad because the engagement, I guess, with clinicians for intersex individuals is still quite low because, you know, secrecy and shame is still connected with it, which is still sadly a reality for many intersex individuals. I mean, that doesn't really surprise me, though. Even non-intersex people, there's so much shame around, especially women's genitalia and stuff like that. People feel like freaks. That would be considered, you know, totally acceptable or, Mm. in quotation marks, normal. It's so sad. It would be such a... That's awful. It's 2018. Yeah. Fast forward through the next couple of decades and we're still adding more and more letters. One T. Two C. One K. One G. The fifth and least appreciated letter in the queer acronym... What do you talk? (laughs) ...is obviously intersex. It is. Um, For many, the proximity to the acronym is, like, actually a issue of safety. However, intersex narratives aren't acknowledged in many queer spaces. So they're like kind of forgotten about. They are misunderstood. A lot of people confuse them with trans. There's intersex people kind of are annoyed because trans people are using them to kind of validate their identity, but it detracts from theirs being a unique experience, which I personally find the umbrella and the acronym are great. Each letter has its own, you know, issues and struggles. And there's obviously overlapping and intersectionality. So we can come together on some things, but some things are separate. Well, the intersex community actually has their own flag 
and it's yellow with a purple circle on it. I think you love flags. I love doing my little flag research (laughs) every week, Lenny, in all honesty. No, no, no. This one was actually, um, it describes yellow and purple as intersex colours. So, that's fine. And it was um, created back in 2013 by the organisation Intersex International Australia. That's lovely. So, we founded it. Go us. (laughs) But the inclusion of intersex in the queer acronym does sometimes cause a bit of confusion because some intersex individuals don't actually identify as lesbian or homosexual or queer. Yeah. yeah. People expect like, oh, the intersex and another letter, basically. Yes. Yeah. Hello. So we all now know that diverse bodies are normal. And it's important to use correct terminology to emphasize that all these conditions are biologically understandable and avoid words that cause further stigmatization. Terms like typical, usual, most frequent. Yeah, instead of something like normal, normal. abnormal, some really bad ones, mistakes of nature, maldeveloped, oh. defective genitals. <gasps> conge- Congenitally congen- frigid. Yes. Heinous. Yeah. Sorry, I was trying to read the word. I hate the word frigid. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. And then... While disorders of sexual development is kind of a medical term, like a lot of people find it quite problematic Mm. and they've suggested things like differences of sexual development or variations of sexual anatomy. So some important things to know as well. um, Some people with intersex traits identify as intersex, but some do not. Australian sociological research in 2016 found that some people while identifying as intersex, I think I mentioned before, will also describe themselves as male or female i suppose however they feel more comfortable or what is maybe more dominant yeah other things you can do is use intersex inclusive language include intersex as an option for sex in fields on forms i was feeling out of form today just had male female or unknown you can say things like xx chromosomes instead of saying female chromosomes or even just ask intersex person what terminology they prefer not the girl uh that's a table farhat it is a table you see the table didn't choose its gender objects can't over do the that, years intersex has actually been can. written into a For number example, of popular television shows that you might be aware of stuff like masters of sex nip tuck house uh there was also all saints and freaks and geeks <laughs> and one that was actually seen as highly degrading was actually an episode of friends it was season eight where Brad Pitt comes to Thanksgiving and he's Rachel's rival from high school, but she had no idea. Anyway, he was part of a We Hate Rachel Green. Yes, I remember this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and Ross had actually made up this rumor that um, Rachel was a hermaphrodite cheerleader from that word again. Long Island. Yep. Yeah, that, that word again. And it yep. was used, you know, because what was it? It was like 2003. It was very much used as a slapstick It's a very joke. easy punchline, yeah. Yeah, yep. and back then, like, I was 13 and... You know, it just it sounded hysterical. Yeah. But now you're watching, you're like, this is heinous. Yeah, very awkward. Um, it's yeah. very, very tacky. And so that the the rumor was that um, you had both male and female reproductive parts. <laughs> what? That's right. We said your parents flipped a coin, decided to raise you as a girl, but you still had a hint of a penis. <laughs> oh my god! You started that? What? You heard that? Everybody at my school heard it. You were the hermaphrodite cheerleader from Long Island? Oh, no! So, one of the most famous books with an intersex character 
is Middlesex, which came out in 2002, which won a Pulitzer Prize. Um, yeah, I remember one of my favourite books in high school was Virgin Suicide, so I remember reading this just after I graduated. And it's a dark film. It's definitely more a film about United States and immigrants and cultural identity, but it's, like, very important, for, I suppose, for having that intersex character. Mm. There's the Italian film Ariana, again, about a teenager who doesn't know they're intersex. Not and grande. Is, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's the National Geographic Gender Revolution, which is a documentary, but also was a print version, which I remember reading a couple of years ago and was quite, I don't know, just it seemed like everyone was reading it and it was like a really important issue exploring, yeah, gender. And there's actually a Belgian model who revealed that she was intersex in 2017 um, in Vogue. I'd like to pronounce her name, but I cannot. (laughs) Neither can I. When I was 16, um, I asked for them, like... um, do you know any other people like Hannah? That came, I was very struggling also with the fact that I couldn't have babies. Uh, that was really the, mo- the biggest struggle back then too, like thinking about that, which I'm now quite over it. It's, it I don't think having a baby is the ultimate mission of your life. She said, I will never know what it's like to be a cisgendered woman. I have never been able to talk about a period or having a child, but I'm not a man either. I'm proud intersex. Proud. Yep. Damn fucking straight. To our fabulous listeners, thank you so much for listening to Word of the Gay and this week's issue. Please subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show at, at Word of the Gay Pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or, you know, even just join the Word of the Gay Facebook group. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate the support and we can't wait to yeah record another episode next week. Be Tune awesome. in next week. Bye. Bye. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.